Welcome to SnackCast, Snack International's new podcast dedicated to all things snacks. In this forum, you'll hear career conversations with leading industry professionals, as well as insights on how the snack industry is meeting consumers' ever-changing demands for new and nutritious snacks, while still serving up those familiar favorites. I'm your host, Joni Spencer, editor of Baking and Snack Magazine, which also produces Snack World. SnackCast kicks off with a summer-long series devoted to WINS, Women in Snacks. WINS is Snack International's initiative to champion leadership development and advancement for female professionals in the snack industry. Over the next few months, we will visit with some of the industry's top executives to learn about their journeys and the challenges they've overcome along the way, as well as get some great advice on how we can work together to make positive changes in the snacking industry. Today, we're talking with Cindy Kister, Director of Sales for Snack King. Hi, Cindy. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining me today. I am excited to speak with you. As am I. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you. So first, let's just talk a little bit about you and your background and career journey. What's it like being a woman in sales in the food industry? I have had 28 years in the, the food industry and um, I got my start at a it was a small privately held organization. I was exposed to a broad range of experiences. So I was able to work in a lot of different venues um, and markets from vending, convenience stores, prisons, food service, private label, DSD, uh, marketing, product development, you name it. So I was able to really get my feet wet in a lot of uh, areas, primarily and luckily because there weren't enough people to do every job. So then I, I moved on from there, um, moved up the ladder into management, took a more senior position with another company. Um, it included uh, developing a sales team, and I ended up heading up HR as well with the goal of eventually leading that organization. But as time went by, I really wanted to move on, advance my skills. And it was at this time that I became involved with Snack, uh, which was really beneficial from a networking standpoint, um, an education standpoint. But um, I've made a lot of friends and met a lot of colleagues along the way, the way that have inspired me and that have um, helped to propel my career. In my current position with Snack King, I'm continuing to manage a sales team and I work collaboratively with all of the departments including the executive team on strategic vision for the organization. So that's a little bit about where I started out. So your experience, like the areas where you've worked, it really kind of runs the gamut in the food industry. Did you, um, did you say prisons? (laughs) (laughs) I did say prisons. And um, some of those letters that we received from the prisons were pretty interesting. Let me tell you. Oh my gosh, I can only imagine. They have a lot of time on their hands. Oh, right. So were there specific areas that you worked that proved to be more challenging than others? I would say that probably, and this is where the mentorship 
um, has become very important throughout my career. On an operations side of things, that was where I was a little bit weaker. Sales came really naturally to me. So I needed to dive in, understand the specifics of you know, how products were made and what was required because I was working in co-manufacturing and private label. And in co-manufacturing, there's an expectation that you really understand the ins and outs and can speak intelligently to other people because you're working directly with quality departments, with production people. Um, So you need to expand upon that. So how would you say from, from having this vast experience How have you seen the career landscape for women kind of evolve over the past couple of decades? So there's so much progress in diversity um, in the industry. There's, there are many more women in management um, and on the operational side of things, including R&D and quality. When I started, there weren't many women in management, but I will say those that I did meet, they were tough. They had to be. Um, They were motivated, they were professional, they were buttoned up, and for the most part, respected. The other women along the way, the vast majority of women were in administrative positions, line workers on the production line, some were supervisors, all hardworking women that I still to this day respect. You know, they had families, they were raising families, they were working full-time jobs, they were really busting to, you know, balance both their work life and their home life. Um, And in the field, most of the buyers were men. And at the food shows, you know, a lot of the women, not all, I mean, there were other women, but a lot of them were there to hand out samples. They were hired for the day. You know, in my early 20s, I can't tell you how many times I was asked if my father owned the company which gosh, it was a little off-putting, but I came to kind of expect that, you know, I had to prove myself because that was the first impression that a lot of, of people had, because you just didn't see a lot of young women out traveling on their own, um, in the food industry at that time. Right. Do you think it's gotten easier? I don't know if it's gotten easier. I think that it's more commonplace. I mean, it's, you know, it's more expected to see women doing these different types of jobs, um, but they're still tough jobs, you know, and I have a lot of respect for all the women that are coming up now and that are doing these jobs. And I don't want to downplay the fact that, you know, they're blazing new ground as well. Yeah, that's true. So you talked about balance a little bit and In my career journey, I have learned that work-life balance is an issue no matter what level on which you're working. Like you said, those who are on the manufacturing side or working on the line, they still have to balance home life and work life as well as those at the executive level. For you, as you've kind of moved up in your career, what did work-life balance look like maybe 15 years ago versus what it looks like for you today? How has that kind of changed? Sure. It, um, well, it continues to be a challenge because I'm passionate about my family and I'm passionate about my career. And so it's something that 
I have to consciously think about sometimes, but it has become easier primarily because my son is grown. You know, when he was small, I always felt guilty. Um, Whether I was at work or at home, I felt guilty that I wasn't taking care of my son. I felt guilty that, you know, I wasn't at work for whatever reason if he was ill. You know, there wasn't as much flexibility back then to work from home. The technology wasn't as great. Um, It just, it wasn't as accepted. And the expectations were always that, um, you know, work came first. What I am relieved to see is that there's more recognition now that women and young professionals are able to have more work-life balance, that retaining a valued employee is important and it's possible even when they have a family and that it's beneficial to the organization to do so, that these young professionals, they want to succeed and they will work whatever hours, you know, that they need to, to make this happen, to be successful. And I think that that's a a big positive because if an organization does not recognize that, another organization will, and they will lose their most valuable resources, which are, are the people. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Do you think with everything that's going on now with all of the stay-at-home orders due to COVID-19 and companies are really having to find a way to allow their employees to work from home far more than they ever did, do you think that that's going to pave a way for some change in the industry and kind of move that flexibility along? I do. And and I'm pretty excited about it. You know, we're used to seeing salespeople working from home and on the road and et cetera. But I know in our organization, it's it's really forced the issue of enabling people in sourcing or in R&D to be able to be tied in and understanding the fact that they can accomplish a lot of these things. Um, I'd like to think that this will be a positive that comes from this. Yeah, me too. Um, we got to find those hidden blessings, right? Absolutely. So you've learned a lot over the course of your career. What do you think have been some of the biggest lessons that have really shaped you? I think probably the biggest lesson is work hard, work smart, respect will come. You know, as a young professional, I think they all run up against this where people are going to test your mettle. They're going to question your abilities, no matter whether you're a woman or a man. But if you put your head down and you work hard and you work smart, people will see it and acknowledge it. And if they don't, know your value and push the issue. I think it's, I think it's important to also always be prepared. I know it's important to, to be prepared. I still, to this day, my son will laugh. Sometimes he, he would see me, um, working on a talk I was going to give or a presentation or something. And, and, uh, but it pays off, you know, know your subject and know who, who your audience is. I've, I've also 
rehearsed presentations in front of my son. <laughs> and he's, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't really know what you're talking about, but great job. <laughs> How, you know, and I, and what you said about that struggling with that balance and, and feeling guilty, no matter which area of your life you're in. I've seen that movie several times and I've, I've read that script. Now that, now that your son is older, what's his perspective? Did you worry about what you were sacrificing needlessly? Or when he looks back on it, is it just kind of how it was for him? That's funny. We, we had this conversation uh, not that long ago. I actually brought it up. He told me, he said, you know, I do think my life would have been different had you been home. And he's right. It would have. Things would have been different um, because I, I do things differently sometimes than his father. <laughs> and, but he also thanked me because what he said was he gets a lot of his drive from me and he sees that persistence can pay off and that we've had a lot of opportunities that we wouldn't have had otherwise had I stayed home. But I think all in all, I mean, things turned out the way they were supposed to. And I would not have been happy had I not pursued my career. So things would have been different if I had stayed home, but that doesn't mean better. And he, he understands that. All right. I want to talk about leadership for a second. You have some great insight on leadership qualities. When you look at how you've grown, who were some of your mentors that you learned from? You know, I've had several mentors over the years, many, I think, that didn't even know that they were mentoring me, but they all played key roles in my development. Um, Jerry Stokely, uh, who ran Axiom Foods when I was at Axiom Foods, and he really pushed me to get the basics down on the operation side, uh, taught me how critical it was to use the right terminology. You know, it was imperative that to be taken seriously when I was speaking to a room full of people that were on the operational side, that I not say that thingy over there, yeah. but I was able to call the equipment what it was. And if I didn't know, that was okay too, to describe it and ask. So that was a, a, a great learning. Joe Papiri, who's my boss now, I mean, he really encourages me to think outside the box and to, you know, not be um, afraid to suggest an engineering idea, things like that, if, if, if it's appropriate. Um, within Snack, I've met people that have, and there's so many, I, I don't want to miss any, well, I am going to miss a lot of people, but people like Chip Mann, whom I think has done a great job with work-life balance and Doug Maracuno and Tom Howe from Baptista, Mark Singleton on the regulatory side of things really inspired me to understand how important that was to advocate. And Elizabeth Avery, just watching how, how she leads and how she can organize and manage and, I don't know, inspire her team. All of these people have been you know, integral in my growth and continue to be. Barry Levin, who owns our company, you know, he encourages me to ask the tough questions. 
sometimes he doesn't like the questions that I ask probably, but uh, he encourages it, which I think is important. And I think we should all encourage people to ask the tough questions because if we don't ask the tough questions, we're not going to get to the root causes. We're not going to grow as individuals. We're not going to grow as organizations. And you don't want to stifle that, that creativity and inquisitiveness. You're so right. And I think that one thing women, female professionals have to remember is to have the courage to have those tough conversations and ask those tough questions. I think that innately we're very skilled at doing that, but they're not, like you said, your leadership doesn't always want to hear those tough questions and it it can get a little um, challenging, I guess, there. So that's really good advice to remember to be courageous and and having those tough conversations and asking those questions. And it's, you know, it's not necessary to contribute to every topic. You can be selective and speak about what really matters. You're more likely to be heard if you do that. Yeah, that's so true. So just kind of in closing, when we think about the number of women there are sort of at the mid-level in the snack industry who are looking for those opportunities to move up. And then also so many young women coming out of college and trying to figure out what their careers are going to be. What advice would you give to young professionals or new professionals as they pave their way? Be passionate about what you do. Make a difference. Follow your dreams. Work hard. There are people out there that are going to support you and are going to lift you up. Look for those people. And then I would say, know your value, like I said before, but remember to be grateful because nobody succeeds alone. Those are very powerful closing thoughts. And it's so true. And that's, I think, the best way we're going to make good and impactful change is together. Well, those are all the questions that I have for you, Cindy. Thank you so much for joining me and for sharing all of your incredible insight. I've really enjoyed hearing about your career path and and learning from you. And I'm sure all of our listeners are going to learn from you as well. So thanks again for taking time to speak with me today. Thanks, Joni. I appreciate it. WINS networking and educational sessions are offered annually at SNACS Executive Leadership Forum and SNACSPO, and programs are available online throughout the year. These serve as forums for men and women to gather, learn, and exchange ideas and experiences about gender diversity issues in the industry. For more information on how you can get involved, visit SNACS website at www.snacsintl.org.